Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcasts with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast. This is episode 81 and I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. We're going to be joined a wee bit later on on the show by Ross from the Camping Crew. You've heard him on the show on numerous occasions and we'll have a chat with him in a couple of minutes time. It's meant to be a fun podcast. We are just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are usually just our own personal views, but we do look into some of the items and topics that you ask us to look into. You can now support us and get hold of some goodies at the same time, especially with Christmas coming up. All you have to do is go to thecampingcrew.ie to see what's available. Or alternatively, you can always buy us a coffee if you'd like to support us in that way, but only if you can afford to do it. Log on to coffee, that's ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew. Let's be said, I'm not camping this week. I'm back at base, <laughs> Chris. I'm sitting in the dining room because Deirdre's working away in the office. So if it's a little bit echoey, apologies for that. And of course, you're back at home. You're still working from home, yeah? Still working from home. I'd say I'll be here now until the new year, but it's working oh. out well, so... Well, that's all that matters. Right, let's kick off. As usual, we kick off with some news, and we have some good news. Yeah, there was an article in the Kilkenny People this week. I saw it online there. Um, the heading was more than 174,000 confirmed for projects in Kilkenny towns and villages, including motorhome bays, to facilitate staycations. So um, I think overall um, around the county, they're going to allocate about four, 39 or 40,000 um, euros towards the development, I think, of 12 bays um, with electrical points. That's going to be spread across the county. Wow, that's a step in the right direction. I mean, 174,000 in general for loads of stuff, but 40 grand, 12 bays. I suppose if there's existing car parks and they designate four of the bays and extend them and put the facilities in, but you know what? It doesn't matter. It's 12 more bays that Kilkenny didn't have today. We'll take it as they, if the phrase goes slowly, slowly, catchy monkey, you know. So um, if, if we build it, I think the motorhomers will come and they'll see the, the benefits of it then as time goes on. And hopefully one county council will see another county council doing it and the domino effect will kick in. So that is good news to kick off today's show. We then follow that up with follow ups and shout outs. Yeah, um, and this one is about kind of winter prep and uh, and that. And it, it was kind of kicked off by a, a message we got from Grave Lister on Instagram. So uh, he says, just a quick one. This is my first winter putting the camper away for the harsh weather. He said, if it's possible, could you do a run through on tips for putting van into storage? The do's and don'ts kind of thing. Keep up the good work with the podcast and always worth the listening. Uh, always worth the listen. It was around this time last year that we spoke to Bernard Brennan, if you remember, from Green Meadows Farm. They do storage for caravans and camper vans. We'll organise a chat with Bernard, let's say, for next week. So, guys, if you have any questions or if there's any tips that you have about storing your caravan, your motorhome, or your campervan, we'll give you the contact details. But on next week's show, we'll have a chat with Bernard Brennan from Green Meadows Farms Caravan Storage, and he can give us tips on what to do. I'm nearly sure it was around this time last year we had a, uh, a chat with him, but sure, let's touch base with him again and see if anything has changed. Yeah, I know. I store my camper outside now. I am looking around the Tramore area to try and get storage for this year. But um, I have to to do a bit of extra care and attention just because it's exposed to the elements as well. Is there anything, Aaron or Ross, that you guys do just um, in terms of storing it up and protecting it over the winter? Uh, I'm stored inside. Ross, you're stored inside, aren't you, during the winter? I am indeed, yes. Yeah, no, I have a big shed for my van. 
And is there anything that you do? For example, I, I would do whatever I was doing if I was stored outside, draining the water and stuff like that. So I don't do anything out of the ordinary. One thing, and I mentioned it before in the podcast, is that I always leave the camper in gear with the handbrake off because one year my brake seized over the winter and it cost me a few bob. And that is the first tip that I would give to anybody. Um, you know, apart from emptying the water and stuff like that, make sure, put chocks against your wheel, drop the handbrake and leave it in gear just to save you the bobs. Do you leave yours in gear or do you leave the handbrake on when you're inside, Ross? Uh, always, yeah, no, we, 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 we leave it in gear with the handbrake off. Uh, I have forgot once or twice and not seize brakes, but they've been a bit sticky on the discs. Um, so no, it's something I always try and remember to do. People say you should try and drive it regularly as well. You know, take it out for a spin as often as you can. Yeah, I tend to get mine out if I can every two weeks uh, and not just start it up, actually bring it for uh, a spin. And we mentioned that, of course, it keeps the tires fresh as well. It saves you just parked up for two or three months. But look, I try and get out as well over the winter and hopefully a few more people, even just the odd night down to the likes of Hookhead or something, just spend a night down there just to give the van a run and get it out of winter storage. Yeah, I have a mini dehumidifier that every now and again I'd run and I'd often go in and turn on an electric heater in the van for a, a couple of hours as well, you know, maybe once a month or something like that, just to, to I suppose, to, to, to keep it all kind of dry as, as dry as possible. Ross, when you're parked inside, I know like me, you store yours inside all year round. Do you plug your van in? No, I'm not like you, Aaron. <laughs> um, and especially this summer after having the solar, my batteries have been full continuously, which is great. Um, yeah, no, if we would ever bring the van down the house to do some maintenance or cleaning or what have you, we, we would plug it in whilst it's at the house. But it, it isn't then up in the shed. All right. No, I plug it in. And it's not for the batteries, to be honest. It's for the fridge, because I've heard people saying that when your van is parked for a while and the gas, the gas settles in the fridge, most times it will be OK when you start up again and it takes a while for it to obviously cool. But sometimes when the gas settles, it just stays settled and then you've got to take your fridge out, turn it upside down or replace it or get it regassed. So the main reason I plug mine in is really to keep the fridge going. So that's a new one on me, Aaron. Um, no, I've never heard that. But surely if, you, if you've got it plugged in, it's running off your 220, not your gas. Yeah, but it's running off the 220, which the fridge, I switch the fridge then from, you know, the way you've got gas, battery or 220. I switch it to 220 and then the fridge is running while, while it's plugged in. Yeah, but you turn your gas off so the fridge will be running on its own electricity. Oh, yeah, it's just running purely on the fact that I'm, that I'm plugged in, yeah. So Liam Kay was on Campsite Review, Aaron, recently. Um, where did the topic running about sunnier climbs? Yeah, somebody, I think Toner had started up a topic about sunnier climbs, about dreaming of retiring and staying in Ireland for six months and mainland Europe for the other six months. And what, what drew my attention to this was, Liam says, it just so happens I listened to the Camping Crew podcast, episode 32, on the way to work this morning. Power trips, salt and grease. Chris conducted a great interview with Root and Khan, who have apparently lived my retirement dream by touring all over Europe, even making it as far as Greece. Oh, gosh, it makes me more determined to make my plans a reality. And I went on to mention on the topic as well, because campsitereview.com isn't just about reviewing. We can have general chats. And this is a little thread that's ongoing at the moment. And I was saying that they're just looking at early retirement and that would be our plan, maybe Europe for the, the latter or the early summer months when it's not too hot and then back home for the rest of the year. And that topic is going on campsitereview.com. Just keep an eye on it. So we're going to to jump over now to campsites and stopovers. And um, 
I've noticed looking at the podcast statistics that our UK audience is is growing um, steadily, um, you know, as the weeks and months go by. So I'd like to put a request out to um, the listeners of the podcast from the UK um, or even our Irish listeners who have been camping in the UK to maybe give us some reviews of um, of campsites in mainland England, Scotland and Wales. Um, we'd love to hear more about those as well. And um, you were going to tell us um, about Tony's uh, mentioned Tony's review of Portran Linders, Aaron. Yes, Linders is in Portran in Dublin, and Tony was on campsitereview.com. We have the forum there, it's free and always will be. And he went on to say that we thoroughly enjoyed our stay here on Friday night, and this was Friday literally of last week. He said, Portran is only 30 minutes from the home, and what a place! Mainly static mobile homes, but there might be about 15 hard pitches with electric hookups, some grass and some hard standing. So suitable for campers, motorhomes and caravans. We really, really had a lovely welcome on arrival from Tanya and it's in an idyllic location over Port Rand Bay and looking out onto Lamb Bay Island. Direct access to the beach and the cliff walk, 10 minute walk into Port Rand Village, shop, chippers, pubs and Dunna Bait is a five minute drive from the park. 27 euro for the night, motorhome, two adults with electric hookup, free showers and other facilities. Plenty of open space and honestly, we can't wait to return. Now, it sounds like a nice site. That's just north of Dublin, is it? It's just north of Dublin. Now, myself and Charlie and Deirdre were actually heading there the week of the lockdown. But we, we ended up when we were heading up to Fermanagh, we were hoping to stay there. But the, the park actually closed the night that we were booked in. So we ended up staying in Camac Valley. But that review can be seen uh, up there on campsitereview.com. You can have a chat, read the review and add to it if you like. But Port Ran, Dunabate, that part of Dublin is a beautiful part of Dublin. It's just out past the airport, but it's it's on the seafront. OK, Aaron. so um, Charlie and me are on a, another visit this week, I believe. Yes, this is the last of our staycation holidays for 2020 and it's Lakeside Holiday Park in County Clare this Friday, 9am, youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog. And it's the last of our staycation holidays, but not the last of our video reviews. We've uh, quite a lot of video reviews that should take us up to the end of November anyway. Great, great. And um, it'll bring us swiftly then on to our tips and camping hack section. And here's something I've come across online. I'm not sure whether it was on Facebook um, or on um, a, a chat on one of the groups or, or whatever, but somebody suggested purchasing and using an aqua roll for your motorhome. So to empty your grey water without having to drive to the service bay. So just wondering, you know, does anybody else listening do that? Do they empty their grey water from the, the outlet into the aqua roll and then just roll the aqua, aqua roll over? I presume it's probably useful for somebody who may be staying long term on a particular location. But I just wonder, does anybody else do that? Um, uh, do they find it a useful tip? I have found the opposite where a buddy of mine, Mac, has bought an aqua roll. He won't drive the camper over to refill his water tank, but he'll roll the aqua roll over three times <laughs> but yet he just won't now in fairness he uses a big safari room and awning so when he sets up on site for a week or two he tends to just stay there and if there isn't a tap nearby he has bought one for doing fresh water and then he drops a little pump into it and pumps it into his fresh water tank but i've never heard of it for gray water yeah just a, something i came across i said i'd put it out there it sounds like it might be useful for somebody who's who doesn't really want to move their motor home 
Uh, they're mostly used for fresh water, I'd imagine, the acarolas, aren't they? Yes, they are. And then it's a little flat. The acarola is, is the big round one, and then the little flat one is usually for the grey water on caravans. We mentioned Tony earlier. Tony and Trish sent us in an app recommendation in follow-up to our discussion last week when we were chatting about the Seek app. Um, you had uh, asked about the, the Star app. Art. So I'll give a read-through of Tony's message, and um, we can have a, a chat afterwards. So he says, hi, guys. Another great podcast this week thanks you nailed it every time um, I followed up with Nolene regarding the bunting and masks he said it has to be done the night sky app you mentioned yep it's Skyview, and the other app is called Star Tracker both are free and easy to use and give hours of fun at night to see what's out there I think um, at Halloween there's an extra that you can add on to spot witches on broomsticks he said the seek app is great too for identifying the flora and the fauna on this lovely island hopefully we can get beyond our counties again soon so he said keep safe and keep up the entertainment tony and trish yeah that seek app i downloaded it and it's getting confused well i don't have many flowers in the garden so in fairness it kind of (laughs) went red rose yellow rose (laughs) whatever but you downloaded that um a Sky app of some, I think it was the Star Tracker onto Deirdre's phone, and she loves it. Yeah, I, I have a slightly different version of their apps, but they all do the same thing. But, um, like for most of this summer, Mars and sorry, Saturn and Jupiter have been very uh, visible in the lower sky facing south um, this year as well. So it was great kind of following that along the sky, and more recently, Mars. Uh, has been quite visible as well. You can see it kind of um, orangey, kind of red in the sky as well. So it's interesting for that. And if you follow the um, the International Space Station as well, it, it, it tracks that. So really interesting if if that's what you're into, you know. Yeah, I'm going to delete the plant and fauna one and I'm going to upload <laughs> that one. And I think I'd rather be looking at the stars because as I said, when we mentioned at the weekend that we were in Kilkenny and there was one of these space stations, when Tony pointed his phone, it picked it out immediately and literally was just short of giving the registration number that was on the back of that thing. And I was highly impressed. So thanks, Tony, for getting in touch with us and letting us know about it. And it's definitely an app that uh, I'm going to be downloading and having a bit of fun with over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you know me now, Aaron, as well. I like coming up with unusual products. So I want to mention a product that I came across. Now, I will uh, say I haven't tried this product yet, but I thought I'd mention maybe it might be of interest to, to some of the listeners. It's from a company called Pop Design, and it's available on Amazon.co.uk. The product is called The Hot Seat. And what it is, it's a USB heated portable camping chair. So it's got a, a it's, it's something like the Radiate sleeping bag from Van Gogh or the Radiate yes. mash that I mentioned a, a few weeks back as well. This has got one of those built into, it's actually built into the chair and you just use a battery pack. You know now the battery packs are mm-hmm. all fairly high capacity these days, but it's built into the chair. But if you have a look at Amazon, the UK for this, um, it's called the hot seat from pop design now as i said i haven't used it i haven't tried it i just thought it might be interesting because i know we spend a lot of time sitting outside chatting uh, of an evening when we're camping um there are some poor reviews on it but 20 percent. so look if you are going to do it just make sure you do your research on that but i thought it would certainly be something i'd be interested in in trying out you know only because it's a gadget for no other reason than it's a gadget and you'll somewhere to put your mug of coffee Absolutely, and your your beer can. 
Yeah, right. The thing that you introduced a couple of weeks ago, things to do while camping when you want to do more than just sit there and wave at people like Aaron does. And this is where our Ross comes in and hopefully the connection will be pretty good and I won't have much editing to do. So have a chat with Ross about this topic. Well, Ross, so do you want to introduce yourself first? Uh, hi, guys. Yeah, it's Ross. <laughs> good introduction, Ross. Well done. Said Ross is one of the uh, the camping crew that we go camping with very regularly. So Ross, this week we're going to talk about metal detecting. It's something we've done uh, quite a bit with you over the years. So do you want to tell us what metal detecting is and you know how to get started with metal detecting? Sure. I mean, I think everyone's heard of a metal detector. Uh, they're very, very simple to the very advanced and complicated, I guess. But even the cheapest, cheapest make will will find metal for you. So yeah, it's it's a great hobby. It's good fun, especially with the little ones. Um, they never know what treasure they're going to find. Normally, it's ring pulls and old cans, but um, that's also good as well for leave no trace. We always take a wee bag with us, and we get all rubbish off the beach that we find. And when when you like you you this is your second or third metal detector, isn't it? It's not the first one. Uh, I I've just got a new one this year. Yeah, yeah. Right. What if I want to start? First of all, where do I buy a metal detector? And roughly. Just a bottom of the range, not top of the range. How much am I going to spend and where will I buy it? Um, both mine, have, uh, sorry, my first one I bought secondhand. Um, it was a Garrett machine, which is a very good starter intermediate machine. Uh, new, I think they're around about 300, 350 euros. Oh, wow. Like. And is that the cheapest uh, you can get? Uh, no, you can. You could, you could probably pick one up for under 100 euros. But you uh, get what you pay for. Yeah, you do. Now it'll still find metal. It will. Um, so if it's just something you might want to do once or twice or a couple of weeks on holiday, then yeah, it would probably be more than adequate on a beach. And would they only find metal with iron in it, say like steel or, or iron-based metals, or can you use it to find other things? Absolutely, a- anything that has metal content. And obviously the more expensive, the more advanced your machine, you can discriminate and because you don't really want to be finding iron. I'd be, I'd be looking for coins and, and, and rings and trinkets and bracelets and stuff on the beach so the less iron the better so if we're walking down the beach and with the with the model you have uh, which you were saying isn't the top of the range but it's not a starter one either how deep will it scan as you're walking along uh, i guess that depends on the density of the ground and you but on on a dry beach and um, mine will go about 15 or 16 inches quite accurately oh, wow. Oh, well, that's good. And is there a grey area, Ross, around kind of the legality of things that you find? What's the? Is there any rules there about anything, uh, ownership or anything like that? Very good point, Chris. There is here in Ireland, yes, very, very so. Um, it It is illegal, illegal to search for anything of archaeological significance. Um, it's also illegal to be in possession or to detect anywhere near a national monument. It is legal to detect for modern coins and rings and bracelets, etc. Okay, so what happens if, let's say, we're, we're, we're camping and we're on a campsite and we hop the wall and we're not going out to look for artifacts, but you come across something that is of significant historic value. We're not near any tombs or not near anything. It just so happens that this feeling you find, let's let's just say, I don't know, a piece of pipe that is of, of historical value. Do you have to hand it over? Absolutely. And it's the only right thing to do. Yeah, you, mu- you must anything you accidentally find to the National Museum of Ireland within 96 hours. 
Oh wow. Okay. But <laughs> now, <laughs> if who's to know? <laughs> um, anyone listen to the podcast? <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> but up to five minutes ago. So okay. Have you found anything of interest? Um, no. Two euro coins are my best finds. It's probably useful as well if you lose your key somewhere on the beach as well. It's handy to have something like that uh, nearby or even in a field going out searching. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a couple of the metal detecting forums I play on occasionally. And there'll be people join the forum just to say, oh, I've lost my wedding ring, guys. Can anyone help? And there would be MLA guys going out and rings have been found for people in car keys, et cetera, et cetera. So there's quite a bit of community up around in all the metal detecting on Facebook and online. There is indeed, yeah. I heard a story of a lady who um, was chasing bats out of her house and she threw something and a gold necklace fell onto a tree and a certain guy not too far away in conversation went looking with his metal detector and they never found it. How come? (laughs) Yeah, I think a bat ate that ring. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, again, I never. You, you buy them online. Do you go to the likes of Halfords? Is there a metal detecting shop? Do you go to a craft shop? Where would you buy one? How how do I go about sourcing one? Second hand, I guess the adverts and done deals and eBay's. Okay. Um, I know there is a large metal detecting online website uh, up in the north. That's where I got my latest machine from. Yeah, I think it's great a great hobby or something to do with the kids as well, just to head out and get them interested in in, in all of that as well. And look, they're not going to take up a lot of space in your motorhome. So well, well, thank you, Ross, for coming on and telling us about it. Yeah, what I love about the kids' end of it is when we were off in one of our secret locations and Clara is, what, nearly, she's not even four yet, couldn't wait to get Ross and say, come on, Ross, are we going metal detecting? And she walked with you for, like, around that field for a good half hour, 40 minutes, didn't she? She did, yeah. She wasn't much use for the shovel, though. No, no, I saw that all right. Yeah, she's no problem handing it to you. Well, listen, Ross, thank you for talking to us on things to do while camping. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get you back on for some other suggestions as well uh, in the near and far future, Ross. Indeed, as soon as we can travel again, guys, I cannot wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, stay safe, sir, and thanks for joining us on the show this evening. That's another podcast, Aaron. Yeah, that's it for number 81. Don't forget, if you want to get some of our stickers for your motorhome, campervan, caravan, or just for your car, they're absolutely free, and all you got to do is send us your address and your postcode. We'll give you the details on how to get in touch with us right now. Yes, you can email us. We're campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at the camping crew. Instagram, we're at the camping crew podcast. On Facebook, you'll find us in all the good motorhome and camping groups, and you'll also find us um, in motorhomecrack.com. And as we mentioned earlier on, we've got uh, Charlie and me on our YouTube channel every Friday. We upload a new video. We've got something nice coming for the winter. We'll tell you more about that in a couple of weeks. YouTube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog and our sister website, CampsiteReview.com. The forum is free and always will be. So all that's left to be said is we're in lockdown for another couple of weeks. We're on level three. Hopefully it won't get anywhere any higher than that but if it does we're going to be locked down totally again but if you are getting a chance to get out and about around your own county please do stay safe and join us again next week from me Aaron Birchall stay safe and for me Chris goodbye and don't forget to tell your camping friends all about us well that's it for another podcast from the camping crew thanks for listening and do join us again very soon safe camping <laughs>